What's going on, guys? Welcome to Week 7 of the Playbook with Joey and Zach on WZBC AM Sports Radio. I hope everyone had a great holiday season and break. Tonight, we'll start off by recapping last week's wildcard weekend in the NFL and give our picks for each of the divisional matchups this weekend. Uh, and I'll also uh, mention some of the Giants' front office and head coaching uh, changes uh, as well. Then we're going to dive into the Celtics and give our opinions about the next steps for them. Um, there's a big trade deadline coming up. Uh, then we're going to finish with some discussion about BC Athletics, um, including BC's ba- uh, BC Basketball's recent huge victory over Clemson last Saturday night. Um, we're going to talk about BC Football's bowl game that got canceled and give a brief outlook on the 2022 season um, You know, with a lot of the recruits being already signed in the last early signing period and a couple of them being on campus now as an early enrollee. So um, let's hop right into it. As you said, we want to go over the wild card games from yeah. Last weekend. Um, some good ones. Yeah, there some was some good games. ones. Some bad ones. Tough one for my Pats. Some good games, some close games, some bad games. I mean, it was a little all over the place. But um, I think all in all, though, I think the Wilds caught adding a seven team. I wasn't really the biggest fan of it at the end of the day. But that was new. It's a little hard to keep track of, you know, with three games each day, at least on Sunday, three games are just kind of, I mean, like, it's fine. Like, I'll keep tabs on every game, but it's, you know, it's not as exciting when it's just two games. You know exactly who's playing who after one game is done. Yeah, I get that. I think I, from a Giants perspective, like having an extra game, watching Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm play another game was kind of awful. But uh, I think, you know, from a standpoint of a smaller team that – well, not a smaller team, but an underdog of the Giants, having an extra game can either go one way, help them, or go the other way. We have to watch them and, you know, watch Absolutely. them start for another week. But uh, some of the games, the, the closest games, uh, you know, the best ones to watch, the Niners of the Cowboys, that was probably the best one overall. Um, the Bengals Raiders, I was rooting for the Raiders pretty hard. It didn't work out. Uh, that was a pretty close game up till the end. You know, Derek Carr had that. Yeah, you know, had a chance at the end there, and then uh, I think he was picked mm-hmm. actually in the end zone. Yeah, he was end of the um, game last play. It was a close one, but I think overall, yeah, the 49ers Cowboys game was the best game. Uh, Bengals Raiders was a close one. The Bills game was, was a tough a one. one. That was tough. The Patriots mm-hmm. Bucks game. Josh I mean, Allen played out of his mind in that one. Yeah, he was on Bucks Eagles was solid. Um, you know, Bucks pulled away kind of early and just kind of held their lead the whole time. Niners Cowboys is another great game. Dak Pre- uh, Dak Prescott kind of. You know, a little bit of mismanagement um, in terms of the game clock at the end of the game. You yeah, know, sliding down 20 yards down the field in the middle, handing the ball to his own lineman, um, not knowing that you're supposed to give it to the ref, didn't get the playoff at the, uh, in time before the end of the game, never had a shot to, you know, get one more pass into the end zone to beat the Niners because they were down six points. They had gotten seven right there. You know, would have been it for them. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs Steelers was actually a good game in the first half, I thought. Um, Steelers I defense. The last minute of the first half, it was 14 7. They had that uh, fumble recovery touchdown on the Steelers. That kind of brought them up. And then, you know, really nothing else coming on offense the rest of that game. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people expected that. I was kind of hoping the Steelers would make it close. Um, for the first half, I felt like they did. And then Rams-Cardinals, too. That game was a blowout. Yeah, Odell. Um, yeah, Odell's back, baby. Six yeah, touchdowns in nine games, baby. I love it. Giants should have got him. It's all good. I want him to win a Super Bowl. Although I think the Packers still win the Super Bowl. But I would, I'm not against the Rams winning because I want Odell to win. They got Grant Haley, former Giant. Dante Dino, former Giants, some room for both of them. So uh, I wouldn't mind the Rams winning it all. But, yeah, some good games, though, honestly. And, and obviously the Bills game was a tough one. But uh, from like a historic standpoint, that was like one of the best offensive games I've watched in my life, like from a team's perspective. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, Josh they, Allen played out of his mind that game. I've never seen that team game. play that he, well all that, around. That's going to be the best game of his life. That's going to be one of the best quarterback games I've ever seen Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It was just wild. It was. Like, I mean, I don't think the Bills They didn't have one drive where they had – didn't have a touchdown – they didn't have, like, a negative play. It was, like, nuts. Yeah, they, they just went walked all over us. Every third down, it felt like they converted. They didn't punt once. Yeah, they were really good, though. Very good team. They didn't punt seven drives, seven touchdowns. Um, just missed a couple extra points. There's only two miscues. But, I mean, mm. if you're up by 30, who cares? Still, but, I mean, yeah. Uh, but the end of the day, it might come time. down to that. One day, an extra point, you know, maybe this mm. week against... But still, uh, if they play against, that every game, I mean, well, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. If they could play that every week. Yeah. They would be any team in the NFL. Maybe even yeah, ever playing that well. Bucks, it was Chiefs, nuts. Packers, anyone. That was a historic performance. But at the end of the day, though, yeah, I mean, as a Patriots, uh, you know, I know it's Patriots territory. I know it's a tough game, but I, I wouldn't dwell on it because I think the Bills would beat anyone mm-hmm. very easily, I mean, yeah, any but, team. So mm-hmm. nothing the Patriots could do that day. I mean, the Bills are just mm-hmm. hot. Offense could have stepped up a little bit more. Um, you know, it was kind of tough getting beat. What was yeah. it 28 at half, 21? Uh, I think it was like 28, yeah. Oh, we had three. We got three. No field goal at the, at yeah, the end of the half, um, which, I mean, the end of the day. Give us a little you know, bit of hope, and then started the second half, just we couldn't score. They got I was going to say three points, though, after, yeah. after, that, after they got seven and we couldn't score, that was kind of big. you got to stay close with them. You and, do. and, you know, Mac got picked. That was a great play by Jordan Poirier, though. That was just unreal, him mm-hmm. finding that ball in the air. But 
Um, Micah Hyde, too, in the first half. They're really good, though. Was that Micah Hyde that had that pick, or was it Jordan Yeah, the one Poirier? where Mac lobbed it up to the back of the end zone, and Micah Hyde came in. It came in out of in. nowhere? Yeah. Okay, yeah, Poirier had a... Not that was Poirier, but it might have been Hyde, you're right. Um, it was just nasty. That was a great play. Nothing you could do there. But mm-hmm. um, the Niners-Cowboys game, as you've been saying, that was a very close one, very good game. Um, always happy to see an NFC East team lose. Um, so seeing the Cowboys go down was kind of nice. Eagles going down was kind of nice, but mm-hmm. don't yeah, wish. You know, I don't think the Cowboys. Either, I don't so. wish down don't upon mind. them or you know wish bad or, or, or you know upon them since mm-hmm. Giants aren't in. So I mean I know they made the playoffs. Yeah. I like watching the Niners. Though. I was happy to see them win just because I think they're more of uh, more of a fun team to watch personally. Um, you know, just old fashioned football. They're always kind of running it up the middle. Yeah, um, I get they that. They play a physical team. Jimmy G too. I'm still a fan of him. Jimmy G solid. Um, He's been all right. I think he gets more criticism than he deserves. Yeah, he's an there's average a lot of athletes that are like that. I mean, they just get drilled in the media for no reason. Mm-hmm. I think he's average, at least. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. um, Their defense played great, too, the Niners. They were solid. They were solid. The Cowboys um, have good receivers. Um, I mean, there were so many good teams that played very good defense. Like The Bills played very good defense this weekend. The Rams played very good defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even the Bengals Raiders, both Bills, teams kind of played. Yeah. Both teams of the Bengals Raiders, they played solid defense. It's a 26-19 game, mm-hmm. very close up till the end. Yeah, both teams have explosive offenses too. So yeah, it was a good you know, game. It was pretty impressive. Hey, Mark, one nothing BC over Notre Dame. Mark McLaughlin just scored. Let's um, go. Got the notification. BC is actually playing tonight. Notre Dame tonight, right mm-hmm. now live. Big game for us because you know Seaton was been slipping a little bit with you know we got two guys going to the Olympics now and losing two um, games last lost two weekend games to UNH. UNH last weekend. Yeah, yeah you, know, you hate to see that. One um, game wasn't even close. At Conti was like five two or something. It was nuts. But uh, didn't mm-hmm. need to drop. But I you know I thought it might have been cool. You know, yeah, there you go. Let's get some live updates. Too. We got a BC live basketball tonight. again tonight too. It's supposed yeah. to start at seven. BC basketball, yeah. Um, a little bit of a delay. There was a leak on the court. Um, so we'll cover we'll that keep you posted on that. But yeah, yeah, we'll give updates as we go. Um, so going back to the NFL, we got um a couple big divisional round matchups this weekend. Uh, we got the Bengals and the Titans. That should be a great game. 49ers, Packers. Then there's the Rams and Bucks, and then Bills at the Chiefs. Um, yeah. All four of those are gonna be star-studded matchups. Really. All eight of these teams have a legit shot to win the Super Bowl, I think, this year. Maybe yeah. not the Bengals are not super high on. Actually, the Titans, too. Um, I think the Bills, either the Bills or the Chiefs will take the AFC at this point. I said the Pats are going to make it the last time we were on the podcast. Yeah, I had the Ravens didn't really work out there. But the yeah, Ravens, when I said it, they were like 7-4. and four, And then Lamar got hurt. And I only think he played one game after that. And they only won like one or two games the rest of the season. Yeah, they so made it tough. I kind of cursed them, though, because when I said it, it was they were looking good. They were 7-4. and four, I think fourth seed in the AFC, maybe third. But yeah, then they just fell off a cliff. So I guess I, you know, maybe picking them wasn't the best idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it happens. Injuries happen, so it's tough to predict that kind of thing. Um, obviously, Pats is a tough pick for me too. Didn't think we get the Bills as a first round matchup. Cause they're, I mean, for a three seed, that's an incredible team. Um, I mean, so it's just kind of a tough matchup from the start. Had we beat Miami, we could have played, uh, you know, Cincinnati. And then who knows what would have happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bills Chiefs would be a great game this weekend. I'm looking forward to that. I. I think either one of those teams would be either the Bengals or the Titans. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I would definitely say that'll be one of those two teams in the Super Bowl. Um, and then looking at the NFC, too, Rams-Bucks, that's going to be a great game. Rams defense was playing lights out against an explosive um, Cardinal offense. Um, you know, Bucks obviously, with Tom Brady. Um, even without guys like Godwin, um, you know, Antonio Brown, they're still an explosive offense, too. Um, you know, it's nearly impossible to stop Tom Brady in the playoffs. Um, yeah, so I'm taking it. the Bucks in that one. I'm going to go 34-28 Bucks. Eli can uh, do it. I need Eli out there. Uh, I got Matt Stafford, but, who's not bad. I think Stafford will make it a game. Uh, yeah, he, he's been throwing picks, though. I mean, this whole season, he just there'll be two or three plays a game where it's like, I don't know what he's doing, but then he'll throw a dime down the sidelines. And, you know, he's a very good quarterback, don't get me wrong, but there's some plays that makes you, you know, scratch your head. He's thrown, like, there was one mm-hmm. one pot during the season, like three straight games, threw a pick six, like nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was tough to watch. But um, yeah, so Rams Bucks. Um, it'll be a close one. I'm rooting for the Rams. Love Odell, as I said. Love Dante Dion, Grant Haley. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go Rams. Which just you know, uh, uh, yeah. the Bucks would be a good yeah, game. Don't get debate. me wrong. But I'm rooting for the Rams. So I'm gonna pick them because I'm not gonna pick against them if I'm rooting for them. Uh, I'm gonna go Rams. Thirty-four Bucks, twenty-three. Wow. All right. I think they got a touchdown at the Decent end of the game party. where they can either kick a field goal type of thing or go for a touchdown you know they're on, let's say on the two three yard line and it's always that awkward situation where teams up by four and they don't mm, they should kick a field goal left, yeah. or go for the touchdown to put it away i think i see that happening i'll give the the rams an 11 point advantage in that 34 23 i think okay, it'll be close game i think it'll be around 26 23 and then they get a touchdown in garbage time but mm-hmm. you know all right yeah let's talk uh bill's chiefs so we got 
obviously another huge matchup um, in those two teams. The Bills coming off probably the best game they've ever played with that core group of you know Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Um, I don't think it's close. Their defense played great too. Um, so they're coming in super hot um, versus a Kansas City team that also came um, off a big win against the Steelers last week, um, which I mean wasn't a, I mean they won by a good margin, uh, but you know it was against a Steelers team that maybe shouldn't have been there. Yeah, um, compared I mean, to some teams with the Chargers, having a seven team in there. I mean, mm-hmm. that, I mean that Raiders game versus the uh, Chargers. It could have when the Steelers were in. That was a great in. game. Yeah, that was almost a tie. That was which crazy. I think the NFL was rigged though because of that. Because the week before that. You know, it was that Monday night game. You know, Eli, I was watching the Manning cast, and they were talking, oh, Big Ben, you know, this is his last regular season game. If he ever made it into the playoffs, whatever, for one, one last run, this, this, and that. Then they're talking about the scenario, and it's like, oh, Jacksonville has to beat the Colts, and, and you know, Aaron Rodgers is like, yeah, that's and probably then they, not they blew happen. up. The Colts are supposed to be in the playoffs. They were advertising it a week before. I don't think the NFL is right, but still, that game was crazy. Too. I think, it, was, I think it is rigged. How could it go down to the last second? To get a tie, it could be a tie, but it isn't a tie. I don't know. I thought it was rigged. It went down to the last second. I think it's just crazy. It's just it did have to go down that that close. I mean, how many ties are there? Yeah, once maybe, maybe once, and this they had, you know. But those teams are also so even. Those teams are also so evenly matched. And come on, kind of Sunday night football, the last game, the last second of the regular season comes there, down there to no a tie of that. No better way to end the season. That's what the NFL sees. They know that's ratings. That's that's why I think it's rigged. They know it's ratings. They know people were watching. They know they were advertising it for a whole week that if there's a tie, both teams would make it in. And everyone was saying, oh, if these teams both just take knees the whole game, all four quarters, then they're both in the playoffs. Let's see if it happens. Then it came to overtime, and people actually thought it would happen. And I think the NFL knew they could probably try to take advantage of that and get more viewers. And people said for years, sports can be rigged and all that. But I do definitely think, uh, I don't know. I, I do think there was something there. But uh, Anyway, Bill's Chiefs this weekend. Um, Chiefs, Bills, you know the hottest they've ever been playing is right now. Um, Chiefs, obviously, still got the best quarterback in the league, Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, able to pull a play out of nothing. Um, you know that offense is also unstoppable. I still got the Chiefs. I think they're going to go all the way at this point, um, at least to the Super Bowl. And I'll give my actual news updated Super Bowl prediction at the end of this episode. Um, but I got the Chiefs winning this one, forty-one to thirty. Yeah, I'll go Chiefs too, like twenty-seven, twenty-four. Be a close game, I think, um, up to the end. But yeah, I do think the Chiefs are the better team. I think the Bills just played unreal that day. They're a very good team, but I think the Chiefs mm-hmm. just. It's gonna be hard out. to replicate that against the Chiefs defense too. I think the pass defense is great all year, but we kind of we did definitely slip up um, last game. And I think the Chiefs will play better defense this weekend than we played last weekend. Yeah, it was a tough game overall for Patriots, like all around. I think all season mm-hmm. the offense can really stay in the field. I did yeah, say that was another issue. I did say during the season the Patriots hit a lot of the teams at the, at the right time. You know, where teams of guys rode and all that. And I think once you get in the playoffs, I mean, the Eagles, they won, you know, I think, what, nine games and seven of them or eight. I don't think they beat a playoff a team with a positive record. I think they were 0 in like seven versus teams with a positive record. So oh, yeah. the Patriots weren't that bad. But I'm just saying, I thought the Patriots hit a lot of teams at the right time in the regular season, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, the NFL's schedule, a lot of teams are going to hit teams at the right time or the wrong time. You know what I mean? That's just how it works. But I think mm-hmm. the Bills were obviously the hottest team and they hit the wrong team at the right time for the other team, you know, the Bills. It was the wrong time mm-hmm. for the Patriots to hit them, but the right time for the Bills, obviously, and everything clicked. But mm-hmm. there's some the good matches them the regular season. That Pats Bills, that first game um, on Monday Night Football, it was freezing out. Winds were going crazy. Um, you know, we just dominated in the running game. We recapped that one. I want to say week five or six um, of the podcast. Close uh, game. That was yeah. a great game. Yeah, great win for the Pats. And then next game, we couldn't really stop Josh Allen. And then you know, you kind of saw it coming in the wild card that we had issues stopping Josh Allen when you know the winds weren't whipping like fifty degrees. Um, you know, kind of Kansas, him throwing five touchdowns, just he didn't miss a beat. He didn't make one bad play all game, really. Yeah, he was he was going off. I'll, I'll still take the Chiefs in this game, as I said, 27-24. Very close game, but it's a very good one. Um, we can move on next. 49ers Packers. I got my Super Bowl uh, champion there, uh, Green Bay. Um, I'll probably go – I'm definitely going Green Bay. I just got to think of the score here. Um, the Niners played very solid against the Cowboys. I know they were, you know, a wild card team, but they were better than – I mean, the Eagles were a wild card team too, and and, and I knew that Nine is probably the best wild card team there in the NFC. Um, you know, with 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 Shanahan as your coach, you know you're gonna put up points. So I think they'll, they'll score on the Packers, but sure. I'll probably go 31-17. I think there's a a touchdown at the end that you know the Packers get just to you know put it away type of thing. Maybe 31-20. I like that better. 31-20 Packers. I, I'll go there. Mm-hmm. I think this one's going to be a great game, too. Um, I think it'll be a little bit more low-scoring, just the way the Packers' defense and 49ers' defense have been playing all season. Yeah. Yeah. I think they have two of the toughest defenses in the NFL. Um, so I think it should be close. Yeah. Um, but obviously the Packers have been playing 
this year and last year, I feel like the Packers have been playing the best football I've ever seen. Really, Aaron Rodgers been part of in his career. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is still playing at pretty Unreal. much an MVP level. AJ Dillon, our BC guy, is stepping up. Um, he's been playing Devontae big minutes Adams, for them. Aaron yep. Jones, Devonte Adams, still probably All the best receiver in the NFL right now. Definitely unreal. Um, o line is the best is connection. It's the best connection easily in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's better. Than, I would take that over Stafford and Cup. I would take that over Stuart Stafford and Cup. Uh, Josh Allen. No, I'm saying I would take Devonte Adams. You know, from Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers to Devonte Adams over Stafford to Cup. You know that wide receiver quarterback. Oh, duo, I, th- I thought you were saying Stefan at first. No, no, I was okay. saying wide receiver quarterback saying. duo. I, I, I would take you know Aaron Rodgers and Devonte all day over. I would too. That would be number one. I, I actually probably take uh, Josh Allen and Diggs over Stafford really? Cup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm saying Devonte and Aaron Rodgers first, then Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs two, and then Stafford and Cup three. Could have been Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin if things <laughs> worked out there. But that was your dream. Uh, would have would have been unreal. You wanted, that, it was. you wanted that in New York, yeah. Madden, it was it. And we'll for, get into some Daniel Jones talk. For six hours straight, it was we'll a get, game in Madden. We'll talk about Haskins in, in, in a few. But, um, um, yeah, if I'm, be a good game. My final score, score, though, if I'm giving a score for this game, I think defense will hold up strong. Um, I have the Niners actually coming out and taking the lead early. Um, but I think the Packers are going to kind of wake up in the second half. Um, you know, I think it'll be a close game where Aaron Rodgers has a two-minute drill and he's coming down to beat the team. Um, you know, they're down 20-17. I think he's going to go out and score a touchdown and win the game 24-20. to Close one. I like mm-hmm. it. And, I like it. Um, um, last game, Bengals yeah, and Titans. Titans are the home team, um, and and I think they're gonna have Derrick Henry back for this game. If I, if I know uh, for sure. Let me see. I think he is playing um, though. But um, yeah, I mean, if he plays, that definitely changes everything. But I think still they're one of the weaker one seeds that we've seen in recent years. You know, with teams like Chiefs, and, the Chiefs and the Bills, who've been playing out of their minds recently. I don't think the Titans would stack up to either of those two teams as well. Um, I mean, even though they're still a good football team, um, they lost a lot of games this year that they definitely could have won. Um, yeah. losing a lot of close games um, I'm not as high in Ryan Tannehill as a lot of other people are um, so yeah. I actually got the Bengals coming out of this one 27-23 um, yeah. I mean that Bengal offense is explosive with Jamar Chase easy offensive rookie of the year um, Joe Burrow yeah. had a huge step up this season too um, with a little more help at receiver um, so I mean just the way that team's been playing. Their defense has been good, too, holding the Raiders to 19 points last week. Um, we were talking about that earlier. Um, I really think it'll be a close game. Um, I just don't see the Titans getting in the end zone that many times. Um, you know, I think we'll probably see them get ma- twice, maybe three times, and probably end up with a few field goals. And I think that's what it's going to come down to for them. Can they, you know, power through the red zone? Um, and, you know, can uh, Ryan Tannehill find his receivers in the end zone? Yeah, I'll probably go. I'm going to go Tennessee. Um, home team, got the week off. Derrick Henry's supposed to play. Uh, I think he wears down that Bengals uh, defense, defensive line, running the ball. Um, he was a bull you know, the first seven, eight weeks of the season. He was probably the MVP until he got hurt. Um, I'd probably go 23-17 uh, Tennessee. I'll take I'll take them right. as a home team. So Close game either way. For I sure. got Tennessee, Packers, Rams, Chiefs. you got Chiefs. You got Chiefs, Bucks, correct? Yep. Chiefs, Bucks, Packers, Chiefs, Bucks, Bengals. Packers, Bengals. Yeah. Okay. So Bengals is my only upset that I got. Okay. I got Tennessee. I got the Rams. The Rams are technically an upset, right? Yeah, Rams will be an upset. I think I think the Bucks are favorite in that game. I didn't see the lines, but I imagine they are. Mm-hmm. So definitely by a little bit. Um, should be a close game. All of these should be close games, really. Um, I really don't think the matchups could have played out any better. Um, really excited to see a lot of these games. Yeah, I'll see how it goes. Um, so talking the NFL, I, I got a few there minutes to go. talk about the Giants. <laughs> Um, I know last time we were on here, we were talking about Daniel Jones, Saquon, uh, Joe Judge. We knew Gettleman would be gone, but uh, the Giants just finished the season uh, 4-13. Six straight uh, games uh, at the end of the season, we finished with double-digit losses. Um, and now we had a 1946 record over the last four years. The Giants made the decision to fire Dave Gettleman um, at the GM position. And then they also fired Joe Judge, uh, who was our head coach for two seasons. Um, you know, President John Mara finally made a decision of doing it the right way where you get rid of both the GM and the head coach rather than splitting it up and keeping the head coach and getting rid of the GM or vice versa, keeping the GM and getting rid of the head coach like we did with Gettleman and Shermer and then getting Joe Judge. Um, I think we did things the right way, restarting completely. I do think, though, although getting rid of Judge was the right move since we needed a fresh start, Joe Judge is a great guy. And on a personal level, I definitely feel bad for him. I don't think he was handed the best deck of cards. First season as a head coach was in the pandemic last year, so he never really got to – have a training camp and, and, and get himself equipped with 
what it is like being a head coach and having, you know, a rookie mini camp and an OTAs and, and all that. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that last year in 2020. And then this last year, I mean, he still inherited an offensive line that was awful. I mean, the Giants, you know, have had a roster that neglect the offensive line for years now, but he didn't really, really have the best cards to succeed. Um, and I do feel bad for him for that, but I hope him, uh, wish him the best. Hopefully he finds another job. I'm sure uh, Bill Belichick would bring him back any day. Um, but anyways, uh, Judge is still getting three, three next three years. He's getting uh, five million dollars a year. The Giants own fifteen mil, so That's he's a getting a good deal there. But I think we knew Gettleman would be gone after being nineteen forty six. We knew he had to go, um, and that was the fourth worst record in the NFL over the last four years. I said so. Something had to change. Um, right now we have the fifth, fifth and seventh picks in the draft with three million dollars in cap space. So there's a lot that needs to happen. The Giants need to clear cap space somehow. Um, especially when you have two first-round picks, those guys are both going to be making six and seven million dollars probably each. Yeah, for sure. And so you're gonna have to find you have to find a way to pay them, and you only have three million in cap. So we'll see how that goes. The Giants right now with the 30th or 31st. I've looked at you know two different rankings. Um, you know how, how they do have some of the top receivers in the league right now. They're Kenny Galladay only getting only oh. getting paid 18 million dollars a year, but a seventh of you guys cap space. Yeah, that's uh, great. That's one of your favorite players on the team, I know. I know. I love Kenny Galladay. He's unreal. Um, <laughs> anyways. Uh, as you said, just like you said, the Giants have a lot of receivers. So I think uh, I think in this draft, you've got to go offensive line in order to get the receivers, get Saquon, you know, some more help, get Daniel Jones some help. You know, 30th ranked offensive line, you're not going to have many people that succeed. And I know everyone out there is against Daniel Jones. And, you know, take your side, pick it, stay on that side, though. Um, when, when things turn around, Saquon did say last week on the radio um, that uh, he, you know, he hears every, all the negative outside noise and all the criticism he said. Make sure you stay on that side when the tables flip around, when the table flips around. And I'm with him there. I think Saquon, I'm still betting on him. I'm still betting on Daniel Jones both. There you um, go. I mean, I don't think either of them. I wish Saquon could stay healthy because he could be one of the best running backs in the NFL. Um, and obviously, as you've been saying every week, Daniel Jones really isn't the issue there. Um, you guys need a lot more help, O-line, defense. Um, I mean, you kind of need it all right now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to see if I get the clip here. Here he is, Saquon. And I'm with him yeah. there. I'm truly with him there. I think things will turn around for him and Daniel Jones. Um, I think you need to get some help in the offensive line. Fifth and seventh pick. Give me Evan Nail if he's there. He's probably going to go top three. But if he's there, give mm-hmm. me him. If not, I want Tyler Lindebaum either way. Center, well, you know, the best center prospect Lindebaum's ever. Great, he'd be a great pick. It'd be great. If he's the best center prospect like ever, they're saying. I mean, I, I've seen some of his, you know, clips and stuff. I saw his bowl game and he was going up the field on a, on a it, I think it was like an outside like toss or whatever. And so he was, you know, yeah, pulling, you know, to the left side. He actually had some speed. He had some, you know, versatility. It was pretty cool. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, I'm betting on Daniel Jones. I'm betting on Saquon. Um, I do think you've got to get them both help. And if you think about it, every, as I said, I started this talking about Daniel Jones and I got into Saquon because that line was great. Make sure you stay on the, the other side of the table and things flip around. Daniel Jones, though, he's going into his fourth offensive coordinator and his third head coach with a 30th ranked offensive line. I got this broken down, actually, here. I mean, the eight teams that are left in the NFL right now in the playoffs – Seven of them, seven of the top ten offensive lines in the NFL are still alive. The Bucks, Niners, Chiefs, Rams, that's four. But that's seven of the teams that made the playoffs, I mean, uh, yeah, the Cowboys that were number one, Bucks, Niners, Eagles, Chiefs, Rams, Patriots, all top ten offensive lines, all were in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The worst, I mean, that's where you win the game at the line of scrimmage, really. I mean, and, and right now the worst Today's team game. that's left offensive line-wise, the Bengals are 20th. Uh, right now ranked the Giants are 30th, 31st. Still, though, I got one of the best passing games in the NFL right That's now. That's the thing. So they got they Zach Taylor, an offensive-minded coach. Brian Callahan, their offensive coordinator, he's been there for three years. So he's been both years with Burrow, um, or all three years with Burrow. Burrow's, going, Burrow's in the second year. So yeah. second year with Burrow. Um, Burrow's been there both years with, with, with those guys. Um, and if you look at the teams that are left, though, four of those teams, Rams, Chiefs, Niners, Bucks, of the four of eight teams that are left, have top seven offensive lines. It's like the offensive line... Mm-hmm. Is where your team is made, and the it's Giants key are today. Right I mean, it defines both your pass and run game. So, it Everything. really is one of the most important. Yeah, you can't have a good passing game without a good O line. Can't have a good run game without a good O line. Absolutely, no. That's that's the best way to put it. And I broke down. I'll, I'll run through this real quick. The Cowboys had the best offensive line in the NFL. Mike McCarthy was a head coach, off, offensive minded. Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator, the last three years. That's consistency. Second year as their head coach, offensive minded, as I said, and Kellen Moore is their offensive coordinator for three years. It's like. The Giants 
haven't had consistent at, at any of those. Offensive line, worst in the league, 31st, as I said, just about second worst. Head coach going into Daniel Jones' third head coach now, uh, and he's only going into his fourth year, and he's going into his fourth offensive coordinator in his fourth year. It's like, and how can he find consistency? It is a lot, for, especially for a young quarterback, too. Yeah, trying to find a spot in the league. And everyone wants Russell Wilson, and everyone wants Deshaun Watson. They would not succeed in this offense. I said this weeks ago, like week 10 of the season. I think, like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they would not be putting up MVP numbers on this Giants team. They would not. They wouldn't be. No one would be. I don't think Joe Montana they would, would still, be. I mean, they'd still team. be leagues better, but... We the amount be, you'd have to go up to, team. if you were trading for them, the we amount that you have to go up for one of them, you'd probably have to go up to five and seven. I don't think we make the which playoffs with any it. of them. Like even Aaron Rodgers, I love Aaron Rodgers. Okay, the if, Giants I, if the, the Giants had the Aaron Rodgers, uh, had Aaron Rodgers instead of Daniel Jones, without giving up anything else, you guys would realistically probably be nine and eight. I don't think we make the playoffs, dude. The offensive line's seven. awful, and I mean the defense. We lost the last six games by double digits, so I know the offense plays a role in that, but the defense fell apart later in the year towards the end. I mean they were close at every game, but you know typically in garbage time they were giving up touchdowns. They didn't really care. But at the end of the day, that's mm-hmm. fine. You guys do still have some talent, though, um, especially at receiver. Yeah. Um, you got some young guys, Kadarius Tony. Um, it's another guy I might be out on, actually. Um, already? Uh, I don't know, dude. He's making, it's, it's an injury every week with him. He's finding new injuries yeah, every he, week. Yeah, he has hurt a lot, but he's still got a lot of potential. Oblique, I mean, where did he play Ole Miss in college? Florida. Florida, right. Florida, he's pretty good there, too. Yeah, he, had a lot of, he looked good there. Um, but they are, So, yeah, the Cowboys are the best offensive line. Bucks have Bruce Aarons as the head coach, offensive mind, as I said, Byron Leftwich. In his third year, so there you go. There's another team. Hey, with, not Bill Belichick. I got I, I got him coach. listed here, but they had Bruce Arians, offensive mind, as I said, also in his second year with the team, the Bucks, and Byron Leftwich is his third year as offensive coordinator. It's like the Giants can't find consistency in any any of those three things: head coach, offensive coordinator, or a head coach that's offensively uh, minded. We we don't have any of those. Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. in Makes his fifth tough. year as head coach of the Niners, offensive guru, calls plays there. Nick Sirianni. First year with the Eagles, but offensive-minded. Andy Reid, ninth year with the Chiefs. Offensive guru, Eric Bieniemy, their offensive coordinator in his fourth year. Sean McVay, in his fifth year as a Rams head coach. Offensive guru. All right, it's so like, I, it's I all got a question the then if, it's all, with all these guys. Who do you want as Giants head coach? Right now, um, I'm, here's the thing. The Giants have two, three candidates right now. Uh, Joe Ortiz, um, director of player personnel on the Ravens. Um, and then they also have... Ryan Poles, an executive on the Chiefs, went to BC, was an offensive lineman with uh, Matt Ryan in the Matt Ryan days. Um, I think he was drafted around 2004. Um, he's the second candidate. And the third one is uh, Joe Shane and Brian Dable would be the head coach, I think, if, if we brought him in. And mm-hmm. I think right now, Ryan Poles, I don't know what he would, like, I, you know, don't get me wrong, he's with the Chiefs, probably be great. I don't know what head coach he'd bring in, hopefully an offensive one, but I know if we got Joe Shane from the Bills, and realistically, Brian Dable, and you saw how well that Bills offense played that game. The Giants need something like that. And I wasn't all in on that before, but once I saw that Bills game on Saturday, I'm all in on that on that duo, Dable and, and Joe Shane from the Bills. All in. Yeah. I hope we get I mean, them. I, I'd love it. I'd love yeah, it. I mean, I mean I'd, I'd wear my on the floor. Anything they do could be better than yeah, what I, you got last Joe season. Judge, nothing wrong with the guy. Very big fan of him. He's a great guy. Makes a lot special of great teams. <laughs> special teams. I Broken mean, headsets. Uh, what else was there? We need an we offensive some coach. Stories last year. That's the thing. I think Joe Judge is a great guy, though. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm wishing him nothing but the best. I'll be a fan of him no matter where he ends up. Hopefully, he succeeds wherever he goes. He is mad funny. I'll give him that. Um, and he's a good guy too. You know, and, and Giants fans actually were DMing him on Facebook, I guess, and he was replying to them. Very respectful messages. People were giving him some support, and seems a very down to earth guy. Hope everything works out for him and his family as well. I think they'll probably through a party for all the staff and he got fired. Only three players went, and that's another thing: Daniel Jones, Logan Ryan. David Sills only plays that attended that. And Daniel Jones was there. I give him credit being a captain there. I'm sure there were players that turned it down. I'm sure that there were players that couldn't make it that wanted to. I'm sure there was a mix of That's everything. That's tough. Only three players coming. Daniel Jones being there, though, speaks lengths about how much he cares about his head coach. And he never threw him under the bus. And Judge never threw him under the bus. Logan Ryan was an advocate for Joe Judge all year. But either way, I mean, I just went through seven teams there that all had offensive mind coaches. The Packers, Titans, Bills, Bengals. Uh, the Titans have variable as their head coach. He's a defensive guy, but McDermott, offensive. Uh, McDermott, I think, is actually defensive, but uh, you the Packers, yeah, so. Matt LaFleur, um, Kingsbury on the Cardinals, offensive guy. I mean, in his third year, there was only one head coach that was in his first year in the playoffs, and that was Eagles you know, head coach Nick Sirianni. It's just like the Giants weren't going to succeed with a special teams coach, realistically. I think if you get Daniel Jones, that, get that was right, a top high. I think I think things will work out. The only real positive that Joe Judge had coming in was that he's kind of a player's coach. At least he was, that's what they were, uh, the media was saying about him. Um, that, you know, he could get the support so of the he's players. He's a good guy, yeah. Get guys to buy in. And the fact that he coached under Bill Belichick for 
um, numerous seasons as one of his top assistants. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that sense. happens every season. I mean, you see Gerard Mayo right now, our linebackers coach, getting interviewed yeah, getting by the Broncos for the head coaching job. It's just crazy. I mean, Jamar- Gerard Mayo is playing for yeah. us in like 2014. He's um, going, going to work now. Yeah, he already might become the head coach of the Broncos, which is crazy. Seems like every team just kind of wants those inside secrets from Bill Belichick. I mean, what's really going on in his coaching? How he has been so successful across his career? Um, yeah. I mean, you see Brian Flores. I thought that was a questionable firing um, when the Dolphins fired him last week. He didn't have a bad season. They started poor, uh, one and seven them. or something, and then won seven straight. Um, yeah, it was solid. And he doesn't have a great. He's not working with a super talented roster either. I mean, he's got Tua. There's a solid piece there. Um, Liam Meikenberg from Notre Dame, the O line. Um, yeah. He's a solid player. Yep, Waddle, Besides Devontae Chase, Parker. he's probably the best offensive player in that draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they've had some, they got some solid young talent in that team. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and, I think Flores is a good defensive candidate. coach, yeah. I think Flores is probably candidate uh, for the Giants, but he's a defensive guy. I want offensive head coach, as I said. I mean, I made it pretty clear that I, I only three head coaches in the playoffs this year out of the 14 teams that made it weren't head coaches that, that were offensive gurus. Belichick, he's kind of an all-around guy, but defensive. Uh, he kind of yeah, offensive. Belichick Belichick. does everything. I'd say, I mean, yeah, he does everything. He's not like a If I had to pick one Kingsburg side for him, at like, least recently without Tom Brady, we've been more of a defensive team. Yeah, so I'd say defensive. Even player. with Tom Brady's last few years, like when we played the Rams in the Super Bowl and we held him to three points, that was definitely. Yeah. That was probably the best like defense ever was. He's probably the best teams. He does it all. But he does. Seven, seven of the top ten teams right uh, that were in the playoffs had, had top ten offensive lines. Seven of the top ten offensive lines in the NFL were in the playoffs. And then three only three head coaches weren't offensive mind, as I said, Belichick. Mike Tomlin and uh, mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel, all defensive guys. Uh, Belichick does it all, they said. So whatever you want to consider him, consider him. But he's not. I mean, yeah, all the teams that are winning these days have Sean McVay. elite offenses more than elite defenses. I mean, the Bucks last year, at least they had their defense was probably top five oh, the way they were playing yeah. by the end of the season. They're um, really good. Being like a lot of the other contenders, like the Chiefs, like their offense is solid. It's nothing special. Not like their. I mean, their defense is nothing special. Um, I mean, it's still solid. You know, you got uh, you got guys like Tyron Matthew. Um, uh, solid secondary overall, um, but you know nothing that will blow you away. Nothing that will keep you to 15 points in the game. Um, so yeah, I mean I can't disagree with that. That offense is kind of the big trend in the NFL right now. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. The Giants got to figure that out. And I I'll make this point one more time. Consistent head coach, offensive line, offensive coordinator is important for a quarterback success, the team success. Daniel Jones is not the issue on this team. We have the worst offensive line. He's going to his fourth head coach. Fourth offensive coordinator, I mean, third head coach, excuse me, third head coach, and had a special teams coach as his head coach the last couple of years. So things will figure out. And for everyone that's a Daniel Jones criticizer out there, you better pray things don't get figured out. Better pray the Giants don't get this offensive line figured out and find an offensively minded head coach and get, you know, a GM that knows what they're doing. Because if if they do, things are going to be scary. And everyone's going to come back and everyone's going to say, wow, Daniel Jones is this and that. You put Daniel Jones in the right situation. Things are going to work out, and everyone that that's a hater on them that don't want to, that don't want to support them, stay on that side. You better pray the Giants don't figure things out because I think they're gonna, and mm-hmm. it's gonna be a scary side. Well, we'll find out next year. We'll have to uh, run it back with another uh, Giant special next season. Yeah, um, I, I, I had to get this in. I got ten minutes in here. We'll, we'll move on. But as go. I said, I made the point. Most teams that are in the playoffs, eleven out of fourteen, had offensive-minded head coaches, and that's seven legit. out of ten no, that's a real point, had yeah. top ten offensive lines. You got a good point there. So there you go. No mm-hmm. team, as I said, no team in a thirtieth-ranked offensive line like the Giants. So no team's going to succeed there. There but you have there it. You go. Um, so okay. anyway, let's move on to some Celtics talk. Um, Celtics have been kind of struggling overall as of late this season. A lot of people have been calling for one of Tatum and Brown to be traded, uh, or just both of them to be split up in general. Um, people are calling for Ime Uduka to be fired. We've had an extremely underwhelming season um, right now with us being 23-22. and 22. Uh, We have won, let's see, is it five out of our last six games? Um, yeah, which, so, it's good to see. Um, a lot of these wins are against teams that are a little bit underwhelming, um, such as, you know, the Knicks, the Pacers, the Pelicans. We did beat the Bulls. That was a good win. Um, disappointing loss against the Sixers in those, uh, out of those last six games. Um, so what I personally think right now that Ime Udoka needs to get fired. He's made a lot of questionable decisions, especially in late game. Um, it seems that we always kind of fall apart towards the end of the game. Uh, ball movement always stagnates. Mm-hmm. Defensive matchups are a little weird. I was at the game um, against the Spurs two weeks ago that we blew at the last minute, actually. Um, we lost by two points that game. Yeah. And for the last three minutes, we were Deontay Murray, um, obviously their best player. He was cooking that game. We had Dennis Schroeder, who's... You know, six foot flat guarding this guy who's six five, and you know their best shooter, best offensive player. Um, you know he, Deontay Murray really carried the Spurs down the stretch there, um, hitting a couple big time baskets for them. Um, 
you know, it was a little questionable. Just, you know, we got defenders like Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown. Why are they not guarding him? Um, a lot of questionable defensive rotations he has. Lineup decisions sometimes, too, with the way he rotates guys like uh, Schroeder, Smart, um, you know, for big men, Rob Williams and Al Horford sometimes gets a little complicated. There's no real consistency with this team, even when everyone's healthy. Um, and just the way we fall apart at the end of games, too. It's just frustrating as a fan. Um, you know, I definitely want to see some change. I don't think we should trade Tatum or Brown just yet. Um, I think they're two of the best players in the NBA, and that would be one of the biggest mistakes ever, trading one of those guys away. I don't think if we traded away uh, one of those guys, then we could get more value in return than we traded away um, just because of the talent and potential of those guys. Uh, we got a game tonight at 7.30 against the Charlotte Hornets. Um, hopefully we can get a big win. They've been playing solid. Um, so, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Right now we're third in our division. A um, couple games actually tied up Toronto, um, which is good to see. Um, us coming back up a little bit. Um, big trade deadline coming up, too. So, um, actually, as of yesterday, the deal was officially, officially announced today. Um, the Celtics traded... Um, Juanjo Hernan Gomez, um, who didn't really play at all much this season. You kind of just always saw him on the bench, um, which is a little disappointing because I thought when he signed him, maybe he'd get a little bit of play time. Um, so we traded him for P.J. Dozier and Bull Bull. It was a part of a three-team deal that included the Spurs and the Nuggets. And then the Spurs also traded Bryn Forbes to the Nuggets. Um, I was a little upset about that, that we could have traded for Bryn Forbes because I think we could use Damn. kind of a veteran point guard like that. Um, the P.J. Dozier, though, even though he's hurt right now, he's a solid backup wing. Um, should be good to see him play out there. Um, he actually got drafted by the Celtics. Um, yeah, he was on the team for a little bit. Like, yeah, so he's coming back. He never really played for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. he never played much. I think he had like an ACL injury, right? And Something like and that. And then Bo yeah. was hurt, too. But I think it was just a salary dump, $7 million. I think Carter Gomez was getting us something. And the Celtics are trying to save up. This is probably a smaller mm-hmm. deal to try to save money for maybe a bigger one this season. or mm-hmm. I wouldn't, Yeah, I wouldn't season. be surprised to not see either of them hit the floor this season. Um, but yeah, you got to wonder if Brad Stevens is going to make a move now if, you know, what that deal was preparing for. Probably the offseason, um, I'd imagine. Since I don't think the Celtics are ready to win now anyways, I wouldn't really trade. Really. Well, that's season, my issue that everyone doesn't think we're ready to win now, but what are we going to do? Because we're not, if I we're not ready, wanna, if we're not ready enough to win now, we're not going to be ready enough for next year, you know? I don't think that, that. I think we need a new coach first and foremost already. I, yeah, I don't want to say mean, the fire email tough. already after six months, but I think it's, I've seen enough really. There's a lot, been a lot of questionable decisions. This team falls apart. Almost, we've lost so many heartbreaking games. Team falls apart at the end of a lot of close games. Um, I mean, it's just it kind of comes down to coaching almost in a way. It comes down to leadership at least, and it seems like there's no real one player that we have that's kind of the leader of the team, which is another issue. But at yeah. least the coach could kind of step in and be that guy. And even Ime was saying that himself, which is weird. He was like, "We need a leader. We need someone that's going to keep us in check at the end of these games." I was texting you that. I was like, dude, you're the head yeah. coach. I don't know what he was thinking. But I do think, though, and I've, I've, I've kind of felt this way for a while, but I do think one of them has to be traded between Brown and uh, Brown and Tatum. We've given them five years together, and you haven't won a championship. I know we got close in the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference Finals and stuff, but that was at the one first point, Tara was there was carrying us. Tara was there carrying us the Eastern Conference Finals in one of those series. It's like... These two yeah, guys were giving a Bucks. lot of chances to. I think it's yeah, he was unreal. I think it's time to 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 blow it up. I think it's been time to blow it up. But they've tried to figure out a missing piece, and, and you know they added like a guy like Schroeder to try to see if that worked, and they added you know guys the last few years to see if you know mix and match who you, you could put around them to see if they could succeed, and things just haven't worked out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah, I would be. Wouldn't know. I mean, Gordon Hayward is with this team too. You know, I know even after Kyrie left, we kept him to see if he would be maybe a. The missing style we need and things just didn't. That work was even out. a weirder fit than when we got to the bubble. It's just our three best players were all small forwards. Um, just kind of got a little odd. There was a little bit of overcrowding at that position. Um, with that being said, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Dennis Schroeder being um, uh, to have his name come up in trade talks a lot this coming week. I think it's most likely that he gets traded out of anyone on the team. Um, I think we're going to stay put and keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I think Brad. Um, very high on those guys and knows how much talent they each have. You gotta teach um, one to learn how to pass the ball between Jalen and Tatum. That's, that's what I'm problem. saying. We need new coaching. Neither, neither I think, want to pass. I think that, that comes down to coaching. That and defense. There's not enough defensive effort and hustle on this team. Um, I mean, we got a guy like Marcus Smart who's I mean, the heart and soul of our defense. Uh, yeah. But even still, He's with him, only, a guy like him on the team. court, yeah, there's not much hustle out there, it seems like, that's especially from Tatum and Brown. Just text me, he said the Celtics are in bad trouble. They need a hot transplant more than talent. And he said, he goes on to say that they don't know how to play as a team. He's not wrong. 
Tatum, mm-hmm. Jalen, they they don't want to pass the ball. We need someone that's going to kind of keep Jalen on check. Marcus Smart's jacking up threes, which I love. Marcus you know Marcus who I went on that you might call me crazy for this? Marcus Morris. I kind of missed when he was on the team. Oh, no, he, he was solid. tough. He played Clippers. hard defense. I'm a big Clippers guy. They, yeah, they I like him beast. a lot. They all I wish I wish we had a guy like him. And we could honestly, if we traded Schroeder, we could get a guy like him in return. Definitely. I think he would help us more. I'd take anyone in that Clippers team. There wasn't a loose ball in that Western Conference Finals last year. They didn't dive on. They were hitting their head off the court. They were flying out of bounds, going into the stands. There wasn't a loose ball that team wasn't going for. That's why I started liking them. Because they hustled. They, it was they not play a play. Hard, yeah. You don't really feel the Celtics anymore. They all just wanted to go. They, they all had that dog mentality. They just wanted to go. They were hustling for the ball. Every loose ball, there wasn't one they didn't get. And I, after like the second game I watched it, there, I was like... This team goes. They they they, they go mm-hmm. hard. They, yeah, they play hard every they night. They play hard for Tyron Lue, very good coach. But they give it their all every game. And even if they're not fully there with talent, since they really only Paul George last year as a star in that playoff series. Once they got Kawhi, if they got Kawhi back, I think they they would have won. But regardless, mm-hmm. yeah, Kawhi would be the difference maker on any team. Uh-oh. So if you add him to that Clippers squad, then just coming over. in, uh, Jim Harbaugh will likely take the Las Vegas Raiders head coaching job if offered. So wow. just coming in here, just got a report live, but it'd be pretty cool. But Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the Celtics, I think my uncle put it best, Hart is a problem on this team. If you don't have a team that's going to hustle, I mean, the Clippers didn't have ta- that much talent last year. It was really just Paul George, and they went to the Western yeah, Conference Yeah, we, we have more talent than the Clippers had last yeah, year. Yeah, and they were just, they, they were very Jalen Brown was injured, but, I mean, yeah. the rest of our team, plus Jason Tatum, you know, that's Yeah, a, we had solid role players, solid too, team. and, I mean, the, the Clippers don't get me wrong. They very we did play the Nets, that'd be fair. Terrence um, Mann, you know, very winning good. Winning 4-1 but, was, losing 4-1, I mean, it was expected kind of, you know, going up, even without Kyrie. Um, that team is still lethal with Kevin Durant and James Harden. And Kyrie did play a little bit that series as well. Um, so I mean, kind of saw it coming. Even if we had Jalen Brown and Rob Williams, and I think there was one more player out that series, um, you know, we still would have lost 4-2 maybe. Maybe if we were real lucky, 4-3. Um, but there was no shot we were coming out of that series alive, um, you know, going up against that kind of talent. Um, especially today, too, even being fully healthy, we're still losing a lot of these games. Um, but it's good that we finally had a few more weeks kind of with everyone healthy. Um, it seems like things have started to turn up a little bit. We'll see how the game goes against the Hornets tonight. Um, the Hornets have had a solid season. They are 24-20 and 20 right now, um, which is actually the best they've been in a little while. Miles Bridges has been having a great season, averaging 20 points a game. Um, LaMelo Ball has been playing great as well, taking a big step up from last year. Um, he's averaging about 7.5 assists per game um, to go along with... Um, how many points is he at? That's tonight, right? Yeah, big game tonight. Uh, 19 points per game this season, which is actually pretty impressive. Um, so, yeah, the Hornets have been a solid team this year. Um, you know, they got Terry Rozier, a guy that I wanted to come back to the love Celtics. Him. I wish we kept him. I love him. That's uh, a dog right there. He dives on every loose ball, too. He mm-hmm. gives it his all. He's the kind of guy we need. We need a defensive point guard. I'm kind of sick of these. jacks them up. We, we don't need any shoot first players on the Celtics. Well, I love Marcus. He shoots threes like he's Larry Bird, though. He just starts chaining mm-hmm. them up. <laughs> He's yeah, Smart's one of my favorite players, but when he's feeling it, he's I'll feeling this. it regardless of From a, from a selfish perspective, right you may not want him taking that many threes, but from an outside perspective, you're watching him, the confidence, though, in his shots, I love that, though, how confident he'll be, he is. The thing is about him, too, is he'll be, one day he'll be like 6 for 7 from 3, and then the next day he'll shoot like 0 for 8. He just keeps shooting. I do respect the confidence, though. It is good to see a player like that in the team, even though sometimes it totally backfires against us. Um, you know, just someone that's always playing as mind i mean just playing as hard as he can diving on everything um you know always going at it on defense just shooting with confidence every time i mean you need a guy like that on the floor um just kind of dominate um at least defensively in smart's case yeah um, i mean there have been a lot someone, of offers like you know mm-hmm. i've seen teams are looking at terry rosier and al horford now we're shopping mm-hmm. so i mean darren foxes package i would love that we, for I him though that, i think we'd draft. have to go uh brown or tatum for that though so I, I think you could take there. Al Horford, Dennis Schroeder, two first rounders, and something else, and you could probably get Buddy Hilde. Which I know probably not two first rounders. You probably have to throw one in there because I mean they're a rebuilding team. They'll, they'll take just those guys. They they would shop any one of those guys. You, you think give them two first just for and those players for just for no, Buddy not Hilde. just De'Aaron. Buddy Hilde, De'Aaron Fox. Okay, maybe, I thought you said just um, Buddy Hilde. Bonds. Say, Bonds would be solid. We could use him. Other mm-hmm. Harrison Bonds in the team, but I mean we already have forwards. Yeah, he's a good stuff. player. We're already yeah, we don't really have but... space for him. He can just kind of ride the bench. I'd um, Rashawn Holmes then instead. I'll take Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn Holmes would be Darren great Fox, in this team. Buddy Hield. I don't really want Marvin Bagley because I mean he still plays, but he's always moping about playing times. So I don't want him. 
Um, yeah, no, we don't need any more of that locker room yeah. issues. And plus, I think Robert Williams is better than him anyways. So, yeah, I think Robert Williams and Rashawn Holmes would be an unreal backcourt. And Rashawn Holmes plays 35, sure. 30 minutes a night. I think he averages around 30 minutes a night, so he, he can play. He's had a great he season. He stepped up big time this year. Grabs rebounds, blocks shots. I mean, you could take... Finishes inside. Absolutely. Dennis Schroeder is on an expiring contract. Al Horvitz getting 30 a year, and he shouldn't be getting that. And then you could take probably a first rounder and maybe like Aaron Neesmith. Move all that. And then probably get De'Aaron. Yeah, I probably have to throw a first, probably two first rounders if you get De'Aaron. Mm-hmm. Like De'Aaron, Buddy Hills, and like this is a crazy trade off. I'm doing it off the top of my head, so I don't know how it actually looks like. Actually, speaking of uh, Neesmith, I, though, I, I was that. just thinking another issue I have with Eme that I forgot to bring up is that he doesn't really play and try to develop the young guys at all. We haven't really seen much of Pritchard this year. Grant Williams Romeo, gets minutes. Yeah, Grant Williams plays. Him. But he doesn't have the kind of. I mean, I would think that Grant Williams' ceiling is not nearly as high as, you know, like a Neesmith or a Pritchard. Um, I mean, guys who were kind of balling out and showing potential last year. Um, so it's kind of frustrating to see him not be playing as much, um, especially those two, because I'm big on those two guys. And Romeo Langford, too. I wish we could see him um, a little bit more. Actually, on the first week of the podcast, and the Celtics were starting this season, we were calling him a breakout player of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he got a couple of solid so games. A couple, couple solid games. Not a, not a 12 point. But he's not really getting them. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not really getting the minutes. He doesn't take many shots either, though, when he's out there. He's really just like a facility. He gets the ball and just tries to like, throw it down low, tries mm-hmm. to set something up. And, and, you know, that's not even his game. Yeah, he's more of just kind of a passive piece on offense. Now he is he, now. I don't know why. He plays good defense, too. I think he's a great defender. He goes up strong when he drives, too. Team. I mean, mm-hmm. I think maybe give him a year or two, he might make a jump like Jalen did. What Jalen, Jalen, you know, was playing very well his first few years. Like, you know, Romeo's been hurt, hasn't been, you know, put up 15 a game like Jalen did his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jaylen I think we need more defensive minded players in our team. I mean, Romeo's one of the guys, though, where it's like, if he takes a three, you're fine with him taking a three in crunch time. It's, you know, obviously you probably like want to take a three. he can shoot when he's open. I don't yeah. want Maka Smart taking threes in crunch time, but I have to say this about Maka Smart. I love the confidence. No, I actually mm-hmm. love it. But Yeah, I wouldn't want Smart taking a three in crunch you know, time, but you want Smart on the floor in crunch time because oh. he always steps up. I want makes, Smart on the floor always. He's the he always makes huge plays of defense. Yeah. He's the only one that cares. It's always him making big plays in that He's the only one that cares. Um, but that's the thing. I mean, if anyone has, a, has, uh, has an opinion on it, if we have time at the end, uh, give me a text at 617. 596-3150-617-596-3150. Let me know if you want to come on. Give me a text, and uh, hopefully we can have a minute or two at the end and give us an opinion on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. Absolutely. Um, so, yes, yeah, so now we're going to move into some BC basketball talk for the last 10, 13 minutes we got here. Um, so last Saturday night, there was a huge uh, victory over Clemson on the road last weekend, winning 70-68. to The team was down 23 points in the first half. With about seven minutes left, it was 34-11. to um, I actually almost turned off the game at that point. You know, I was following along, and then periods were on too. You know, just, yeah, Pats were coming on later that night. So, um, I mean, it was a tough game to watch, especially after we had two heartbreaking losses last week to Pitt and Georgia Tech. Those games also went down to the wire, and the team just couldn't finish at the end. Especially in the Pitt game, we were down two points with four seconds left, and we had the ball. Makaiash and Langford dribbled all the way down the court, got a layup up. It was actually a good look. I thought he. He made a good move. Yeah, you um, have a chance. Yeah, he got to the rim. You, want. you, want to, you just want a chance. Um, just missed the layup, which Jaylen is tough. Brown missed that three in that Spurs game. I mean, the layup the in the Spurs yeah. game. But, I mean, all he wanted is a chance at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, Makai was jetting down the court. He was he was going so fast when he tried to shoot that layup. 3.4 seconds, I think, and he got all the way down. Yeah, he went all the way down the court. 3.8 like seconds, four seconds. And he got there. And, mm-hmm. you know, even had – he was right at the rim. He had a great finish. And even though he missed that, you can't be mad at yourself at the end of the day. I mean, he was going – a thousand miles a minute trying to get there and just having a chance. BC would love mm-hmm. to have a chance at any ACC game. You know what I mean? So that's just a win of its mm-hmm. own. But so yeah, that's why it was great to own. see Clemson. Um, yeah. I mean, you saw guys like James Carnick, uh, Makayash and Langford, Brevin Galloway all had great games. They combined for 54 out of our 70 points at three of those guys. It was an incredible game. Brevin Galloway had a lot of clutch threes down the stretch. Um, I mean, it's great to see him play like that. Um, you know, that in the pit game, he kind of shot out of his mind because at the start of that season, I was not very high on him just because he would take a lot of threes and miss. It seems like he's a bit of a streaky shooter, but when he's on, he's on big time. He had um, 18 points, right? Yeah, yeah he had 18. Um, like had a lot of clutch time threes. Um, you know, he hit that three to take the lead at the end of the game. That was a deep three, too. He's just a confident shooter. He catches the ball from DeMar Langford, just pulls up That's from three feet behind the line. He had, like, one good game Jordan, I went to yeah. at Northeastern when I saw him play. And I watched even the away games. I'd always watch Northeastern games, not see him. And, he was always killing, you know. He was always killing the uh, shot attempts per game. He always was jacking up <laughs> ten shots a game, fifteen shots a Let's game. See. But I mean, the, the end yeah, of the he day, put up fifteen shots that game. Shot six for fifteen, five for ten for three. I'd rather him um, probably shoot. That's really where he lives out there. Yeah, so, um, definitely mm-hmm. And he's still having um, negative effects from his knee too. He um, had, I think, it was meniscus surgery um, in December, and he said he's still been feeling it a little bit. Um, and he's still struggling a little bit because you can see kind of the way he moves out there too. That he's a little slow. 
Um, but unbelievable shooter. He had, a, I mean, how many hit threes did he hit? Five. Um, they all came at big time moments down the stretch too. There was one in the second half. We were down, I want to say, six points. And he caught the ball like six or seven feet behind the line and just pulled up and drilled it. Um, so, I mean, he's been a huge piece. And uh, without us shooting that game, there was no shot. We were coming back from that 23-point deficit to win that one. Um, so that was a great game for the program. I'm really happy to see. That was our first ACC road win. Actually, our first road win in general. Two years. Since, since the yeah, before the pandemic. 2020, yeah. Before the pandemic. Which is crazy. So, um, I mean, it's a tough that. stat, but super glad for the team. Super happy that they pulled it's off that game. good to get one. Getting one is a, is a success on its own. You know what I mean? In a road win. Uh, mm-hmm. ACC yeah, especially one, in the so. ACC against any team. It's tough It'll to win a that. game. Um, that game actually still hasn't started yet. Um, still delayed. BC Hockey, quick update. 1-1 at the end of one uh, between Notre Dame and BC. Uh, men's Hockey tonight. Um, close game. Mark McLaughlin scored actually the first 17 seconds of the game. Um, and BC ended up giving up a goal uh, 12 minutes into the period after that. So pretty close game. 1-1. You always know the uh, Holy War is always going to be a close one. So. Mm-hmm. Good game, though. Should, yeah, be, should, be should finish game. up to be a good one. And then BC basketball, like I said, Absolutely. hasn't started yet uh, because mm-hmm. of that leak on the court, uh, mm-hmm. like Zach was saying earlier. Yeah, supposed to play Louisville tonight on the road. Should be a good game. Um, Louisville's had a bit of a tough stretch as of late, um, dropping their last three ACC games to Pitt, NC State, and Florida State. Um, but they're still 10-7 and overall and 4-3 and in the conference. They were 4-0 and in the conference, actually, before at early in January. Um, they've had a little bit of a sluggish last couple of weeks, though. Um, they're still a top-tier program, though. They've still got you know plenty of four- and five-star recruits out there on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a tough game for the Eagles to win, especially um, I mean, you know, going up against a big-time team like that. Um, but I think we can keep it close. The way this team has been playing, um, you know, the new culture that Earl Grant's building has been great to see. It seems like everyone just plays hard. Um, guys are really buying into this gritty defense. Yeah, um, definitely. And just... Never given up. I mean, down 23 points against Clemson and climbing all the Came way back. That's a big-time culture win for the team. Um, you know, big statement for the program. Um, huge confidence booster, too, I'm sure. So these guys are going to be coming in hot tonight. I think it'll be a close game. Um, I wish you could have kept them updated like midway, but no. Yeah, it's too bad the game got yeah, postponed. What do you think of predictions, though? Let's hear it. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to root against BC. I like watching this team a lot. Um, it's been a lot of fun to watch this season, um, getting to watch all the road games over Christmas break. Um, so I'm going to take BC 74 to 71. I don't think, to be honest, I think Louisville's too good for us to win by any more than that. I think we're going to have, for us to win, we're going to have to have another great shooting night. Um, or be, yeah, we're not going to be able to stop them keeping guys like 50 Galloway. 60. Yeah, there's no mm-hmm. chance of keeping that 60. Yeah, because they got a high-octane offense too. So. Hopefully they can play the game. I mean, that, that's... Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, says, it says the new time uh, start time here is 8-17 now. They had a little bit of a leak on the court. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Um, um, I wish you could have kept you guys updated with that, but yeah, um, I don't know. Play by play. I'll root for BC, obviously, but I don't know. I don't know if, if I was betting money, I'd probably bet Louisville. Just you know, being honest about it, I keep my takes honest always. Um, I'd probably bet Louisville if I was betting money, but uh, for the sake of yeah. BC Sports Radio, I'll take BC. Uh, I think I don't know. It's a tough one. If I was betting money, I'd probably go Louisville by seven. Seven. I'd probably go Louisville mm-hmm. by seven. That's good. That's a close game, though. But uh, since you know BC Sports Radio, I'll go. BC 68, Louisville 66. BC by two there. Um, there we go. With that. But BC hockey, I mean, you know, starting the second period right now. BC's coming off three straight losses, um, two to UNH and one to UConn. Uh, both, you know, mid, mid-tair mid Hockey East teams. Um, so mm-hmm. losing. Uh, Very big historic programs, though. UConn's um, right in the middle. but They um, both had a little bit of a down year, but still, you know, two, it was two years ago, our freshman year, yeah. even. Um, you know, we were what seven six in the 10. country. There were ten or something. Yeah, it was like seven versus ten. Um, which it's always a big time matchup. A lot of high college hockey. Yeah, yeah. a lot of future NFL players on both sides. Speaking of college hockey, matchup. though, AIC. My boy Stephen called in about a month and a half ago. Now AIC at the time was two eight and one. They've now gone on to win eight straight games since that call. They're nine zero oh, and one or nine wow. one and zero. Oh. They they you know nine one and one. So they have nine wins, one loss, and a tie actually. Um, now they're eleven nine and one. They were, that, they, were, they were struggling. They they went on a run. They won eight straight <laughs> games. Now, um, Jake Stellas had a great season, so I've been uh, I've been following them a lot for him. Yeah, that's um, impressive. Wow. They're going. They're eleven nine and one now, number one in their division actually, um, which is pretty cool. So, and by heavily, they they get thirty two points. The next closest got twenty eight, and they play two games less than the team that's in second. So they get a distance wow. there, which is pretty good. But just had to get a quick AIC mm-hmm. uh, update in. But um, BC football. Yeah, so if, yeah, let's get into the last. Uh, Last few minutes, major we'll spectator sport for BC, stuff, yeah. BC football. Uh, as of today, the school just announced two new transfers for the team. Um, the first being Dino Tomlin, a receiver from Maryland, actually the son of Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. 
Uh, coming out of high school, he was ranked a two-star athlete. Um, and last season, he had two receptions for 12 yards. I was pretty glad to see this pickup. Um, we've lost a lot of wide receiver depth this uh, offseason with guys like C.J. Lewis, Jelani Galloway, um, Ethan Williams today entering the transfer portal. Um, so, you know, a wide receiver room that two weeks ago was super deep um, has definitely kind of thinned out lost towards Kobe the bottom. White. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kobe um, White as well. Um, C.J. Lewis, like you said, and, and I mean, Jelani Galloway, who knows what he's going to do, but I hope he comes back. I'm a big fan of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, we still got our top guys like Zay Flowers, Jalen Gill, Jaden Williams. Um, that, but you know, we need some depth everyone. down there. Yeah, yeah so going. it's good to see a guy like Dino Tomlin come Meaty. in. Um, Running backs, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, um, there's not too much film on him, but the fact that he had, got to see a little bit of game time, had a couple catches last year, is a positive sign. I'm sure, he's um, good. So. I mean, if he's Mike Tomlin's son, he's probably pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just cool that we have another um, NFL head coach's son on campus with you know Tyler Vrabel just leaving for the draft, um, being the son of There's Mike. A lot Vrabel. of guys. Yeah, we got to highlight a couple of guys that are leaving for the draft. Um, Zion Johnson. Oh, for sure, Zion Johnson. He could be a first. Hopefully, round a pick, giant. I, my, the Giants' dream draft right now for me. Evan Neal probably won't be there five. Let's dream that he is. Evan Neal, Tyler Lindebaum, Zion Johnson, starting guard, starting center, starting right tackle. That would be a great draft. You figure guys. it out. That's all you need. Really. Get the offensive coordinator. Figure it out. I mean, if a head coach has an offensive mind, that's what I want. But if they don't, if we bring in uh, Ryan Poles from the Chiefs, I love that. Giants figure it out. It's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. I think Zion Johnson will make for a great guard in the NFL too. He's late ready first, to go. Early second, if not, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. For sure. He was projected today, late second round. Actually, I forget. Uh, I can't remember what he's team a good it was. Combine. But... He probably move up. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's got definitely an NFL ready physique. Um, he's the hit dude. Great player too. Didn't give up one sack. Only like six pressures or something all season, which is super impressive against a lot of Not big time sack, ACT yeah. D lines. Like Florida State has a big D line. Clemson. I mean, yeah, it's Louis all five star guys there. Mm-hmm. And he didn't give up anything there. He's impressive too. I like Lindstrom too. Another great center. Um, Tough to lose him. Third, right third rounder, I think. Probably yeah. That's where he's projected to go. See him get to the NFL. His brother though, Chris. Uh, only starting guard in the NFL to start all 17 games and not allow a sack. Yeah, that's impressive. So 14th pick. Me and my dad actually met mm-hmm. him, um, I think, a couple times. Um, we got pictures with him on the field, and very nice kid, too. So mm-hmm. stand-up guy and a first-round pick. Yeah, those two guys, too, they weren't really highly recruited coming out of high school. They just, they just came into BC. Boys with dogs. Developed really well. Yeah. Um, developed really well and just turned into two of the best alignment in the country in um, both of their respective college careers. So that was really cool to see. Um, going back to our transfers today, though, we got um, one more defensive line from Arizona, Regan Terry. Uh, he didn't get to see the field in 2021 as a true freshman. Um, and then ha- coming out of high school, he had offers from Nebraska and USC. Um, so, I mean, I think he's got a lot of potential in D-line. Um, scouts were saying back when he was in high school, uh, could be a solid starter for the team. We definitely do need some D-line help. Uh, thankfully, Marcus Valdez is coming back for his final season on uh, campus. Um, he was a big-time uh, producer for this defensive line that really struggled to get to the quarterback and stop the running game over the last two years. Uh, Sheeta Salah as well. He should be a major piece of that. Saw him. Um, he was hurt, but he said he'll be ready for training camp when I saw him. There we go. Uh, right before I was a little underwhelmed, though, by our moves in defensive line because we are, we are very thin on D-line right now. Um, so we got to see what we're going to do because that has been our biggest issue, I think, consistently is stopping mobile quarterbacks and stopping the run game um, and just getting to the quarterback in general and and then also BC football, talking about BC football, their bowl game was canceled. I know we, we highlighted heavily on our week six episode uh, that uh, last Wednesday oh, yeah. night, and then also on the Saturday, Sports Saturday on the FM studio uh, station. We uh we highlighted BC football pretty heavily, and then the game was canceled because of COVID. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. BC BC ran into issues the day before. I think like half the team actually tested positive. Yeah. yeah, they said they didn't even have a couple position groups. They didn't even have enough guys to field the team. Yeah, and have the kicker um, running routes and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. not, oh, so yeah, that would be tough. Things don't work out there, obviously, but you know, hope everyone's doing well uh, on the team and everything by now. It's been like a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, disappointing but, for the team. Um, I mean, you practice for all this few weeks. Yeah. Um, after the final regular season game, you go all the way down to Annapolis. Um, go through all the festivities, get ready for the game, and the day before, um, you find that you can't play. You got to feel for the team. Um, but that being said, um, great to see a lot of the guys coming back for one final season that feel like they have unfinished business. Um, notably, Phil Dracovic is coming back. There was rumors that he could leave for the draft. Zay Flowers, Josh DeBerry, um, even guys like Christian Mahogany said he's going to stay for another year. Um, Jaden Woodby. 
Um, a lot of big time guys that are going to make big impacts for the uh, team next year. Um, so a lot of our team is actually coming back. I think the biggest position group that we're losing is O-line. We're losing four guys there. Um, so four guys going to the NFL. Um, so you know, that's going to be a big need. Only having Christian Mahogany returning. Um, Ozzy Trapillo got a little bit of action towards the end of the year when Tyler Grable was out. I think he's going to be a great starter. Um, his dad having played at BC. Mm-hmm. Um, and him Big being, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great player. Um, we'll have to see. There hasn't really been any emerging names for the rest of the three spots um, on that O-line. So we'll probably find out as training camp moves on and uh, we get towards spring ball, um, seeing who's going to fill up those remaining three spots. Because I think that's the biggest question mark for the team right now. Um, along with the D-line, too, who are we going to yeah. bring in to you know, get to the quarterback and get to these running backs out there. Um, quick update, BC Hockey, Notre Dame just scored 54 seconds into the second period on a power play. Um, it's right now 2-1 Notre Dame with 19 minutes to go in the second period. Eric Dobson struggling. We went to the Northeastern women's uh, ho- hockey game last night at BC versus BC's women's team. And mm-hmm. BC's women's goalie, they did lose 5 nothing to Northeastern. Northeastern is number three in the country. and lost in the finals last year. Hopefully they get that figured out this year. She but was elite. She was actually good. The five goals mm-hmm. were actually impressive because they were like probably 100 shots on mm-hmm. net. Yeah, the puck was in front of the net for probably 10 minutes at least. Out of the just six, straight. Just right they, in front Northeast of the net. Just ripping just them from the blue line. Yeah. Just ripping them. And they're a very good team, Northeastern. And she's mm-hmm. probably better than Eric Dahl. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Northeastern being one of the best teams in the country. I'm still impressed by the way that um, BC Women's Hockey played. Um, I think they have a lot of talent. I think they're an underrated team. Um, especially yeah. with the goalie, too. I mean... It wasn't the five goals is tough, but yeah, yeah I mean, they scored it, none, it, though. It's not even hurt. That was against ball. such a great team in Northeastern. Northeastern goalies yeah, unreal, so. too, though, but that's the thing. Northeastern's hockey team this year, in general, men's and women's, have just been wiping teams out. 4 nothing against Vermont. They won yesterday in men's, and then women's mm-hmm. won 5 nothing against BC last night. Yeah, they've had a hot year. 9 nothing. Both goalies have been unreal. Uh, Devin Levi just got his ninth shutout. Um, BC, you know, got three guys that are up right now in the um, initial uh, Hobie uh, Baker. Um, Candidates right now they get three somehow Jackson Ivany's in there I don't know how that happened mm-hmm. but yeah who are the other two he's it's, uh, in there um, Jack it's, McBain it's McBain and, and McLaughlin, McLaughlin okay. which McLaughlin I understand McBain too he's good but um, Saint Ivany being in there was a question mark for me but what can you do um, mm-hmm. I mean if they're nominating what thirty guys or something they nominate like I think fifty or something forty five guys mm-hmm. something like I mean, that I mean yeah that's fair then um, I figured I mean he actually guys. got got votes though that's the thing that's what confused me but I, I mean root for me either way but uh, mm-hmm. yeah got to root for you guys but these you know Jordan Harris. Defenseman, he's he's a candidate himself. Scored a goal yesterday. A Canadians prospect. Where are we going there after this year? Aiden McDonough uh, picked up his fifteenth uh, goal of the year, or sixteenth now actually. Um, he's been on a tear this season. He's been killing it. And then Devin Levi had another shot. His ninth shutout on the year, which is nuts. So uh, the Beanpot coming up in two weeks. It's gonna be good. Two yeah, weeks, it right? be a, yeah, a week and a half um, really. Yeah, week. A week from next Monday. Yeah, so like first game we got BC so like versus Northeastern, so that'll be a big one for us. Eight Looking o'clock forward to that for sure. Prime time. Although mm-hmm. you know, Harvard lost their two best forwards to the Olympics. BC We're lost our, McLaughlin uh, and McBain. Players, yeah. McLaughlin and Hellas because they haven't announced yeah. Canada's team yet. McBain probably will go if they do uh, want him. I'd imagine they want him. So if he mm-hmm. denies it, maybe he doesn't go. Like I know Jordan. I bet Harris, if he gets the invite, he'd go. I'd imagine. McBain. I know Jordan Harris and Ada McDonough had to have gotten invited. They must have said no because. They probably want to win the bean pot. Maybe think Northeastern has a chance to win it this year, which I, I agree. I mean, Northeastern's 10th, 11th, 12th. They've been around there hovering there the last two uh, weeks in the ranking. So they definitely can do it. They've the, One of the best defensemen in college hockey, defensemen in college hockey, the first or second best goal scoring college hockey in Ada McDonald. I'll say first, but you can argue a couple other guys. Um, you know, McLaughlin's really good. And then um, yep. there's one other team that has someone that's pretty solid. Uh, can't think off the top of my head. Arizona State, Connor Savoy is his name. He's really good. Um and then Devin Levi, the best goal in college hockey. So I think Northeast probably thinks they could probably run it and, and, and make a run there. So I, I I understand them too probably not going to the Olympics if they didn't think you know Team USA could make a run. But it'd be pretty cool though if they if they did go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the bean pot should be great either way. It is tough that um, with U.S. Olympics no longer sending NHL players, then a lot of these top tier Boston programs have guys um, going to the Olympics. Um, so. Either way, it'll still be a great environment, great atmosphere uh, in the garden. Definitely looking forward to that game. Yeah, BC we actually talked our predictions on uh, at the start did, of the we season. We did like yeah. we did like Halloween. We were doing I did predictions. Yeah, we were, we were talking about the meatball already. I, I had uh, so I had a go. goal by uh, Jordan Harris getting his payback, and I had uh, Aiden McDonough scoring too. And I don't know what I said. I think I said four two. We got Northeast in the mm-hmm. first game. Hey, d- like don't that. forget though, um, we were on the podcast right before the first Friday night game, Northeast uh, versus BC. I said I said five three BC, and I'll let you have that. that happened. 
Northeastern does play them in the bean pot and then a home and away each uh, February 18th and 19th. So that should be good. Northeastern's ready to go. But nice, really quick, Harvard's losing their two best forwards to the Olympics. BU's losing their starting goalie. Um, and then, you know, obviously BC's losing at least Hellison and, um, and McLaughlin for now. And who knows, maybe McBain. Levi could go for Northeastern. But as of now, Northeastern's not losing anyone. So I'd imagine they're probably a favorite. But it should be good, though. I'm excited mm-hmm. to be – we'll cover that more next week probably – Go more in depth in BC hockey just because the BU will be a week away from that. So absolutely, I know everyone's psyched about um, that. Yeah. So um, as we're reaching a little bit past eight o'clock right now, uh, we're gonna wrap up this episode for the week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, as always, we're really excited to be back on campus um, and talking sports again this semester. Um, so definitely appreciate you guys coming out and listening. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back on next week, Wednesday night, January twenty sixth, seven to eight p.m. Uh, hopefully, we have some more call-ins then. We have our Instagram page out. We actually just got a YouTube as well. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Um, mm-hmm. We have Absolutely Instagram. Exactly on Instagram. Yep. We have an Instagram, Spotify, YouTube. We actually have a mailbag too for people that want to ask questions. So we got thank you guys so much for yeah, listening. Yeah, the link is in our Instagram bio. Yes. Joey and yeah, Zach. check it out. Joey and Zach on Instagram or checks out Playbook. Um, the Playbook by you know with Joey and Zach on YouTube. You can check out all the links there through the About uh, page on that. But I uh, just want to give a quick few shout-outs. Shout-out to Tommy, the whole Loftus family. Uh, Shout-out, Unc. Thank you guys for listening. Shout-out to my family, too. You guys are the best. Thank you guys for listening always. Appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next week. Be a good one. See you guys.